do you let someone love you? Historically, I have never been great at it. In my 25 years of serial monogamy, excessive displays of affection have set me running out the door. Like when I'm dating someone and say we have an evening scheduled, like a night out on the town is on the books, or maybe it's a night in and I show up at their place and she answers the door and her face lights up. She gets bouncy. Not a lot, just a little, but noticeably bouncy. And she hugs me and kisses me and I judge her. I don't want to, but I judge her for that because the excessive affection makes me uncomfortable. Not because I have low self-esteem. Like, I don't feel that I'm not worthy of someone else's love. It's more, she doesn't know me. It takes years of shared experience to get a handle on who another person is. I've only had two or three relationships relationships last more than six months. So you got to tone it down a bit. You haven't known me that long to be that excited to see me. Just play it cool. I don't. It's more, I don't think it's genuine. I don't believe you're that into me already. It's suspect. And I suspect what you're really excited about is the prospect of me liking you. You're trying to gaslight me into mirroring your behavior so you can bask in the adulation money shot I spray all over you. In my experience, most people are driven by the need to be loved. I don't personally suffer from that particular psychosis. I don't need to be loved. I need to love. I suffer from the need to love what I'm doing, where I'm at, and who I'm with. Otherwise, it's not worth my time. I need to put the effort in, and the effort has to be worthwhile. Otherwise, I'm out. I'm out. Not the result. Pretty often, the result turns out to be shit. <laughs> I put a lot of work into stuff that turned out to be fucking garbage, and that's, that's okay. That is cool. A project can fail. A joke can suck. A relationship cannot work out. Whatever that means. I still don't know what that means. Girl I've been dating now, it's been like coming up on three years. People ask me and I go, I don't know. I think, how long you been seeing her? I don't fucking know. It's been good for the time it's been. So it continues. When it's not good anymore, it will not continue anymore. And they'll say, oh, I, I, guess, I guess it's working out. I go, what does that even mean? 
like does work out for a relationship to ultimately work out like you have to be together until you both die simultaneously is that otherwise one person's gonna die did the relationship work out like if i'm a 90 year old widower did my relationship work out until she died i can i can count that relationship as a victory because because she had to spend every waking moment with me until she died yeah i don't know what workout means but doesn't mean the relationship is a failure if it doesn't quote unquote work out it just means it was good for as long as it was good and then it wasn't good and then it was over why isn't that working out but if I uh, if I learn something, if something doesn't work out, as long as I learn something from it, as long as I have some nice memories of that time, I can still consider it a labor of love. But needing something outside yourself for personal validation, something that doesn't come from within you, that's some millennial shit. Like, I think millennials invented that. I like your Insta post, so you'll like mine. I didn't really like your post, and you didn't really like mine, but we just have this kind of understanding that whatever you post, I'm going to like it, so that the next time I post something, you like mine in return, and then that way, when I check all my likes three minutes from now, I get to feel good about myself. You know, I got to... I got to put likes out to get likes back. I don't have to post anything interesting or actually worth anybody's time. We're just all liking each other's boring, mediocre shit. And then we all feel good about ourselves. That's some millennial shit. And that's what I feel if I show up at some girl's door and she seems too excited to see me. Tone it down. It's not you pretend to be overjoyed to see me and then I pretend to be overjoyed to see you when like, I don't know you. I'm interested, but I'm wary. I'm very wary. Tone it down. The more I like someone, the more apprehensive I am. You seem cool, but I've been tricked before. I've been fooled by crazies before. The problem, here's the problem with millennials, and I like millennials. I don't know, I'm bouncing between subjects, so fucking deal with it, but hopefully I'll bring it all together at the end. <laughs> the problem with millennials, um, first of all, you guys are doing a lot of great things. And really, I think the most, I'm going to build you up before I tear you down. The most, what I respect the most about millennials as a generation um, is your entrepreneurial spirit. Like, I want to do something or make something that doesn't exist, so I'm going to make it happen. Like, I really like that about millennials. That's something I never really saw a lot of with my own generation. We were like, 
Generation X. We were kind of rejecting the institutions of the baby boomers and the greatest generation. But we didn't quite have the drive or the know-how to start creating our own things. Like we did. We created some stuff. But it, it wasn't, you know, that was kind of the few... Um, the few stars of the Generation X, uh, they might create something new. Um, you know, we we had some kind of new music, um, movies, TV. Yeah, we did some of that. Um, but we still kind of created it within the old model of the whatever institutions, the music industry or the or Hollywood. Um, it was really like the elder millennials who started to tear those institutions down. That's what I like about millennials. Now, a lot of your shit has turned out to be toxic, like social media, but you know, I, I do respect the initial vision of what Facebook was supposed to be or what Twitter was supposed to be. Um, so I don't really blame you for that. You know, you create a baby and it turns out to be Frankenstein. Well, what are you going to do? Like, <laughs> I'm not going to blame millennials for hindsight. But my one real grievance with millennials is you motherfuckers don't know how to play it cool. You're just not cool. And it's not your fault. Like, my generation had plenty of models for cool. Plenty of paradigms. I know it's pronounced paradigm, but I like to say paradigm because it's funny. We had Bruce Willis, with De Niro, Sammy Jackson, Dave Chappelle, Uma Thurman. Let's get some girls in there. Lisa Bonet. I don't know if there's any girl on the planet cooler than motherfucking Lisa Bonet. And she survived Cosby. That's pretty badass. Courtney Love. I mean, she's fucking crazy, but she was cool. Fiona Apple. We had Scorsese films, Tarantino films, Spike Lee films. Chloe Sevigny. Weird indie cool. We had Nia Long. Probably nobody knows who Nia Long is, but she was on The Fresh Prince. She, I love that girl. Mm. Liz Fair. Rosario Dawson. Now I'm just naming cool women that I want to fuck, but we had examples of cool. Wesley Snipes. Nobody was cooler than Wesley Snipes. Always bet on black, bitch. Wesley Snipes could deliver like a really cheesy Schwarzenegger line, except he would make it badass. Schwarzenegger would say some shit and we'd kind of laugh because it's kind of like tongue-in-cheek because Schwarzenegger was like, we like him, but he's also goofy and foreign. So we would kind of laugh when he'd want to be like a badass. And we're like, okay, you can be the badass. We, you know, you can't act for shit, but for some reason you're charming and we like you. So, but Wesley Snipes would take the same line. And as a little white kid, I'd be like, I want to be Wesley Snipes. I don't want to fuck Wesley Snipes, but you know, I might, I would not have minded being Wesley Snipes when I was 10 years old. My point is 
There's no cool millennials. Like Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg is not cool. PewDiePie is not cool. Seth Rogen, I like Seth Rogen, you know. I'll watch his movies, but I wouldn't really describe him as, like, cool. Millennials kind of killed cool. Hell, half the cool people I named are fucking boomers. How do you like that? I like giving boomers shit as much as anyone else, but there were some cool motherfucking boomers. Seems like millennials have embraced nerd culture as cool, which, you know, that's great. I liked Dungeons and Dragons when I was a kid, but it's not cool. It was never cool. And you you can't make... Marvel isn't cool. It was for nerds. And it can be mainstream, but it's never going to be cool. And maybe it's just the white... Maybe there's just no cool white millennials. Because now I'm thinking of guys like Michael Che and Hannibal Burris. Who are, they're kind of both. They're nerdy and cool simultaneously. Is there a white, cool, nerd, millennial celebrity? Or how about Asian or Hispanic? That's tough. We there's a definite bias in America against considering Asians cool or Hispanics nerdy. Michael Pena. He's cool and nerdy. But he's probably not a big enough name to inspire an entire generation. Even though he should be. He's a badass actor, but... Yeah, I don't know if he's ever going to get that kind of... That inspirational power. I don't even know how old he is. He might not even be a millennial. (laughs) He might be my age. I'm way off track. That's fine. We're talking about displays of affection. I don't know what all that millennial being cool had to do with anything. That's fine. This is just stream of consciousness. Uh, I am uncomfortable with overt displays of affection. Probably because I didn't get hugged as a kid. We weren't that kind of family. I was a latchkey kid. I don't think they have that anymore. Um, I think you go to jail if you let your kids come home from school and no one's home to greet them. But I was a latchkey kid. Mom and dad worked and I was left home alone to fend for myself and my ungrateful siblings. My parents told me they loved me maybe once a year. For my 12th birthday, my present was no cake and I never got a birthday cake again. That's not true. I did get a cake. I did get a store-bought sheet cake for my 17th birthday. But I just had my wisdom teeth taken out. So I had to put it in a blender with ice cream and drink it through a straw. And I was cool with it. I figured cakes are for kids. And I'm a grown-up now. I was the oldest of four kids and no one had time for me. I knew my parents loved me. Sure, I knew they loved me because there was always enough food 
for me to make a sandwich. And I made a lot of sandwiches. So many sandwiches that I became a fat kid. I wasn't born a fat kid. I became one. I earned that shit. Sandwiches basically gave me all the emotional support I could ever need. And I, you know, I like to say I was fat, but I was like, I was late 80s, early 90s fat. Like, I'd be captain of the swim team today. (laughs) I've seen these kids waddling off the bus, really testing those shocks on the bus. Yeah, I I don't even think I would have even been made fun of if if I'd have gone to school these days. I'd have been like the skinny kid. But for the 90s I was I was a fatty. I was a fatty boombalatty. Uh I think next time I got a cake for my birthday was when I was I turned like 32, 33 and I was seeing this girl and she made me a cake for my birthday from scratch. She made it like, I'd never had anybody make me a cake from scratch before. My mother made it. But she might either buy a cake or make it out of, like, a box, like a Betty Crocker thing. Um, and this girl makes me a cake from scratch. And I got I got a little misty. <laughs> like, I got choked up. I, I, had to, I had to, like, play it off, swallow a huge lump in my throat so I wouldn't be, like a fucking weirdo who cries over a cake. And after that, that girl could do no wrong. She could have been the centerpiece in a 20-dude gangbang, and I would have told her off and complimented her on her stamina. That's how much that cake meant to me. You want to show you you want to show me that you love me? Don't tell me 20 times a day. Just bake me a no-strings cake once a year. So now I think I've come to realize that a lot of people received too much love and support when they were kids. Way too much. And it's carried over into their adult lives because they are way too emotionally needy like they they need these constant compliments most of the women i've dated are entirely too enthusiastic about cuddling and hugging and kissing all the time and when i'm in a relationship i inevitably feel like a tiger in an oklahoma petting zoo like i'm tolerating it for now but If someone forgets to give me my tranquilizer on time, like, there's a good chance I'm going to rip some kid's arm off. But Patrick, you should communicate these feelings to your partner so she understands how to interpret your love language better. What? Anyone who says that shit is clearly a woman who has never dated another woman. Also, stop calling her my partner. I'm straight for fuck's sake. I have not dated all the women in the world, so I'm just speaking anecdotally, but most women are not capable of communication. They can talk. They 
can certainly talk. Jesus knows they can talk. But they can't really communicate. Mostly because they don't listen. I've, I've tried to talk about my feelings before. You know, I've made a few valiant attempts. I didn't want to. I like to keep them to myself. But I thought, well, maybe, you know, for my own emotional growth, I should maybe try to articulate exactly what it is I'm feeling and maybe give this relationship a real shot. So I'll do that. And what happens is I say what I feel and then she decides she doesn't like what I'm saying. So she Google translates my words in her brain into something more palatable for her. Something that doesn't challenge her view of herself. And that is not communicating. It's not communicating. Is it her fault? No. It's her fucking father's fault. Because she's daddy's little princess. She's 35 years old and daddy still does her taxes for her. He buys her a plane ticket so she can come home for Thanksgiving. She can't afford the ticket herself because she doesn't make as much as her male co-workers because daddy never taught her how to stand up for herself and negotiate a competitive salary. She got constant compliments as a kid and could do no wrong. I watched a, uh, I watched a girl movie. Uh, I've been watching a couple of them recently during the pandemic because the girlfriend likes them, so okay, I'll watch it with you. I'm usually playing a little a little game on my iPad while it's going on, so it's not total torture. Uh, and they'll have funny moments, you know. Almost anything may have a few gems in it. There was this one, I forget what it's called, it's like a Melissa McCarthy movie. And, you know, I like her. She's a funny fat lady. She, uh, what was this movie? Oh, like she, her husband's cheating on her. So she goes to live with her daughter at her daughter's college. I don't remember what this movie's called. Um, and her daughter's in a sorority and the daughter's like, oh, I wanted to go to college to get away from you, mom. And, and I'm like, she's paying for your college, bitch. Um, yeah, whatever. So I don't really remember the whole movies about, I think Melissa McCarthy, like fuck some young kid, you know, she fucks some 18 year old college kid and it's like, woo, go girl. Meanwhile, like, uh, Crystalia is fucking <laughs> canceled for, for just maybe chatting with an 18 year old. I don't uh, like maybe DMing in it. I don't even know what, but yeah. Anyway, don't worry about that. It's okay. Old women can fuck as many 18 year old dudes as they want. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. That 18 year old dude is never going to be scarred and have, and not transmit that, uh, those emotional issues onto his next sexual partner. That's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> anyway. Um, so I can't remember what was I talking about this movie? Oh, the movie. Oh yeah. So I don't know what the movie's about, but 
and this is why I don't know what the movie's about. Because there's maybe three plot points in the movie. Every time one of those happens, all the sorority girls and Melissa McCarthy all have to gather in the kitchen, talk about their feelings over what just happened plot-wise, and then spend the next 15 minutes complimenting each other. Oh, but you're so beautiful and you're pretty and you're really smart. Oh, and you have really great legs and we love you. And they have to go around. And these are, this is like 10 girls in this kitchen. And each girl has to get her turn receiving compliments from all the other girls. And this takes a good 15 minutes. And then the movie goes on. And then something in the plot, the plot might advance half a tick. And then all the girls got to go back into the kitchen and then do another 20 minutes of complimenting each other. And this is a 90 minute movie. So I have no idea what this movie is about, except Melissa McCarthy fucking some 18 year old dude or the character, you know, not really. And everybody being cool with that. And Hey, you go girl, high five. And then all the girls just hanging out in the kitchen, complimenting each other. And that's a girl movie. And that's who I, the viewers, the the audience of this movie, which is most of the women in America, that's my dating pool. (laughs) The coolest women I've dated have had distant fathers like present you know their their dads were around but they were distant like they were don draper types who didn't know how to express their feelings so to show their love for their daughter they would teach them life skills and i think they'd teach them life skills so that their daughters wouldn't have to be dependent on piece of shit men like themselves like we all know don draper if you don't know don draper watch the show with don draper Mad Men. It's a great show. It's a little slow to start, but like it, it's really great. It probably took me two or three times to, to, to get into it. Um, Don Draper's a piece of shit. He's very likable. Also a piece of shit. And he knows he's a piece of shit. And he knows all his friends. And I don't even know if he has, he doesn't really have any real friends in the show which is because everyone's a piece of shit, but all his friends and colleagues are also all pieces of shit. They don't want their daughters to have to, who had to have to depend on someone like them, someone like themselves. So they teach them life skills. Like my girlfriend now, um, I don't know her dad, never met him. Not, I'm not saying he's a piece of shit, but my girlfriend's got a great story. She's Persian. She grew up in Tehran. And then one day she's eight or nine years old. Her dad takes her in the middle of Tehran, drops her off on the corner with a bus schedule and says, find your way home. (laughs) It's kind of (laughs) harsh. That shit would not fly in, uh, in the, the liberal helicopter parent world of parts of America. 
um, how you can't even let your kids go to the playground by themselves anymore. So he drops his daughter off in the middle of Tehran and says, hey, figure out how to ride the bus. This is a life skill you're going to need. I'll see you for dinner. And my girlfriend's cool, probably because of that one moment. So, I don't know, back to the original question. How do you let someone love you? I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Um, I'm not good at it. I don't like affection. I don't like compliments. Here's what I've decided. In order to let someone love you, you have to accept the fact that they are eventually going to kill you. You kind of have to tell yourself, I'm going to die someday. I'd rather it be this person that did it than someone else. If you're not going to spend your life alone, if you're going to spend your life or even just part of your life with someone else, you have to be okay with the fact that they're going to kill you. Example. My girlfriend now is really into essential oils. She loves them. She is fully invested in the idea that essential oils improve people's lives. And she loves me. So she assaults me with these oils daily. She rubs them on my skin. She puts them in my food. She diffuses them in the air I breathe. She believes in the power of essential oil. She's also a physicist. You know, she's got like a master's in physics. And she believes in essential oils. People are paradoxes. I I don't know what to tell you. She fully believes in the power of essential oils. And I believe she is poisoning me. She's plying me with these organic locally sourced, low-grade poisons because she loves me. And she believes they'll keep me from dying and leaving her all alone in the world. And I let her. I let her poison me because it's important for your own emotional growth that you allow people to express their love for you. Even if it kills you. And if I want to get into her vagina, I have to get into essential oils. Mm 